Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, where as a church, we believe that Jesus should be accessible to anyone. So if you're at home, work, or somewhere in between, you can have access to the weekend worship experience. We'd love for you to stay connected with us by visiting us at journeyorl.com or any social media platform using at journeyorl. Thanks for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy this message. So how many people are ready to get in the Word today? Me too. I'm ready to preach um, because I'm ready to preach because I, I realize that my job is much more than motivational speaker. Like I can't just keep getting you excited all the time because uh, sometimes we can get excited about things and never go nowhere. And so my job is really to take you on a journey. They should name a church that. That'd be cool. Um, my job is really to be your spiritual tour guide, to take you on your walk in Christ. And so I know that we have 154 people who just gave their life to Jesus and they're all like, oh, this is awesome. I'm ready. God changed my life. This is great. This is beautiful. I'm ready to come to church. I'm ready. To, this is good. And, and, and they woke up on Monday, all of those people, and they asked themselves this question. What next? What's next? What's now? What, what do I do now? What, what's next? And so I figured we would just spend the next three weeks in a series answering that question. And so the, the, the title of, the next ser- of this series that we're in right now is, a, is called What's Next? What's Next? And before every Christian who's been a Christian for more than two years checks out, this is for you too. This isn't just for the new believers. This is for the old believers too. It might even be for the old believers even more. And when I say old, I don't mean age. I'm not referring to age. I'm referring to familiarity. I think you got to be careful. Uh, my, my wife, she loves uh, parks and, and Disney. And she uh, bought our, us some water park annual passes to a water park locally here. And it was awesome. We would go all the time with our kids. They're young and they loved it. I say loved, past tense. They loved it because we would go and we would go often and we tried to do it the best we could. Like we split up the rides, you know, we didn't ride them all on one day. You don't have to. That's the benefit of an annual pass. You can, I'm not selling, by the way, I'm not making commission, but you, you can ride two rides. I have to spend all day in lines and then you come back next week or next month and then you ride another two rides. It's just, it's convenient. Well, at some point we had ridden all the rides multiple times. And we woke up one family day and we said, all right, y'all, let's get in the car. We're going to the water park. And in the past, their responses were like, you know, excited and ready to go. And this, this, this family day, we woke up, we're going to the water park. And they were like, oh. You know what they said? They said, which one? I said, what you mean, which one? The one we got passes to, that's the one. We're going to, oh, it's just that. We did that already. We, we rode that ride already. And, uh, and it's crazy because they're young, but it got old. And, and I think there's two perspectives in this scenario that we can learn from. One is the perspective of the father and the other is the perspective of the child. From the perspective of the father, I was very mad at them because they don't know how much them passes cost. <laughs> them passes cost me money. And how dare you not be appreciative of the thing that I gave you. We have to be careful, even though the series is called What Next, a what next mentality is not always good. If, if you're so stuck in a what's next mentality, you can't appreciate what's now. You got to be careful. I wrote it like this. Sometimes the attitude of what's next can rob us of the gratitude for what's happening now. 154 people. 
gave their lives to Jesus this past Sunday. Then on Monday, I woke up. It was supposed to be an off day, but I started working on my message for baptism Sunday. Just started getting ready for this. And all those people who are getting baptized today, I wanted it to be good. You know, I knew you were going to bring your family and your friends. And I started worrying about that. And, and, getting on, and God just stopped me. He said, can you just chill for a second? Why are you so quick to move on to what's next when you're not even, are you even going to take a second to say thank you? Are you even going to take a second to appreciate what I just did this time? 154 people. And so I said, my bad, Lord. And then he just impressed it on my heart. So on Thursday, we called an emergency staff meeting. We had to give them a heads up that nothing bad was happening. You know, you never know when your boss calls. It's like somebody getting let go, you know, but that's not it. And so, and so I told them, come. And, I, and we had a bunch of candles and I didn't tell them what it was for. And they lit a bunch of candles. And then I stood in front of the staff and I said, you didn't know this, but you lit exactly 154 candles. And I want you to take a second, I want you to sit, and I want you to reflect, because each candle is a person who was in the dark that's now come alive because of what God did through this church that we get to be a part of. Stop moving so fast and appreciate what God's doing now. If you're a senior in high school, college is going to be great. But can you just take a second to appreciate the fact that you're about to graduate? And you're not just about to graduate, you're about to graduate with your sanity and your salvation. Come on, somebody, that's hard to do. Way to go, high school senior. Be careful. Don't let nobody tell bad about your 5K that you just finished. I did a 5K. Well, that ain't no marathon. Shut up. <laughs> the marathon is what's next. But the 5K is what's now. And I did the 5K, so I'm going to enjoy my 5K. I'm not going to let you rain on my 5K. Did you do a 5K? Mm, no, I don't think so. So what if I walked it? I did it. I'm going to take my medal, get my sticker. The marathon's what's next. This is what's now. I know you're looking at your kitchen, wishing that you could remodel it. That's not what's now. Looking at your bathroom, I wish I could remodel it. That's what's, not, that's what's next. You know what happened right now? You just bought a couch, which was almost expensive as the renovation. So praise God for the couch. That's what's now. <laughs> I know you're probably looking at your next job. You're probably looking at your next promotion. You're probably looking at your next increase in salary. But you got to take a second and thank God for the salary he gave you now and the job you have now. Or, or, or if you're not careful, the ambition that should serve as inspiration becomes distraction. Yes. Ambition is a double-edged sword. Yes. It can inspire you or it can distract you. Yes. I'm all for ambition. We just got to put it in its place and not let it steal what's happening now. Now, let me take the perspective of the kids, though, because the kids have a point as well. After all, if I'm honest and if we're being honest, you can only ride a ride so many times, right? Can we be real? Sometimes the church ride gets old. Sometimes the prayer ride gets old. Sometimes the small group ride gets old. I know I'm preaching because it's quiet. <laughs> People are like, dang, he's right. You know, he was, who, who planted the microphones in my car? <laughs> Can I say something really scary? Sometimes the Jesus ride gets old. Except that this is where the water park and God are different. Yes. In fact, this is where everything on earth and God is different. Because when it comes to life, at some point in the context of the things of this earth, you ride every ride. Are you with me today? 
like at some point you take the vacation to Europe. Like, I can't wait to go to Europe. When I go to Europe, it's going to be awesome. The Eiffel Tower is going to be amazing. I'm going to see, I'm going to see these things. It's going to be great. I'm going to get in a little boat in Italy. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to take that selfie. And that, at some point, you do it. At some point, you see the Pacific Ocean. At some point, you eat caviar. At some point, I don't know why I added that, but I just wanted to add that. At some point, you taste the $100 bottle of wine. At some point, you eat $200 steak. At some point, you have sex with a good-looking person. At some point, you make the money, and then every great movie, even the best ones, come to an end, and there's no more. The highs from the greatest drugs in the world at some point come to an end, and there's no more. Can we really mess with you? Even the greatest, most healthiest relationships at some point come to an end, if not death. At some point, and there's no more. God is the only one who is able to make you this promise. Ephesians 3.20, put it on the screen. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably, say it with me, one, two, three, more more than all we ask or imagine, wow, according to his power that is at work within us. I've got good news. When it comes to the things of God, if you're getting bored, if it's getting old, it's not because you've ridden every ride. It's because you think you've ridden every ride. I know the Bible verses. I, I know where he's going in this sermon. I'm familiar with the Greek definition of that word. I've been here for a minute. Koinonia. I can pronounce it. I can even write it. Agape. I understand sanctification. And, and, and you think you know everything there is to know? You think you've written every... This is even maybe even more so for the Christians who've been in this for a minute. Because you think that you've taken all the steps. And what I wanted to preach to you today is quite simply this, that whether you've been a believer for 30 minutes or 30 years, everyone has a next step. Everyone can grow. Everyone can grow. Now, I need to share some principles for growth with you in order to really get into it. And the first thing you have to say about growth, because I want everybody to grow. I told you this might not be the year our church grows the most, but it will be the year your relationship with God grows the most. If you want your relationship with God to grow the most, you have to understand what growth is and what growth is not. First thing you have to understand is that growth is not linear. Growth is not linear. This is, this is, this is really counter what we're taught in the West. Because in the West, we have a linear understanding of growth. We, we go to 101. Then when we graduate 101, we go to 201. And then when we graduate 201, we go to 301. That's growth in the West. That's not how growth was in the Bible. And this is really bad because this is not a reflection of real life. In real life, you don't go from awesome to awesomer to awesomest. Not in real life. You know what real life looks like? A lot like David's life. A shepherd at the bottom. Nobody cares about him. But one day, the prophet Samuel anoints him as the future king. Except not for another 18 years does he actually become king. But then one day he meets a giant and kills that giant Goliath. 
and he becomes one of the right hands of King Saul. But as he becomes the right hand of King Saul, King Saul gets jealous and tries to kill him. Now he's a fugitive on the run. But he becomes king. Mm. Awesome. But when he becomes king, he kills one of his best friends and steals their wife and sleeps with them and has a baby. But somehow, out of the brokenness of this relationship, a child named Solomon is born. Solomon becomes the father of Jesus, who's the wisest king of all. That's awesome. But another child was born named Absalom, who ends up betraying David. So now David is a fugitive again, running for his life. But of course, the throne comes back to David, and now we honor him, and we're living in, the, in that kingdom to this day in a spiritual sense. This is life. Not this. Life is ups and life is downs. And when you understand this, it frees you. Because although it is true that not every step is a step, fo- is a step uh, higher, it's still true that even though the next step isn't a step higher, it can still not be a step higher, but still be a step forward. <laughs> uh, did, you, did you catch it? It might not be higher, but it's still forward. When you fail and you feel like, I've been a Christian too long to make a mistake like this, I can't believe I made that mistake. Well, just because you failed doesn't mean you failed back, went backwards. Sometimes in life we can fail forward. Church used to be awesome, and, and, and I, I used to come, I used to feel God's presence. Now I don't feel God's presence anymore. That's because he's trying to teach you how to feel his presence at home. He's trying to take you to another level. Are you with me? But I'm praying at home and now I don't feel him when I pray. That's because he's trying to teach you how to have a relationship outside of emotions. To get to know him as the person. And so growth is not linear. It has ups and it has downs. Another thing you need to know about growth is it's not linear because everything that's linear ends. At some point I hit the border of this and I can't go no more. So when you understand that growth isn't linear, not only does it protect you from the shame of failure, it also protects you from the pride of arriving thinking that you got there, that I'm already there. And if you want to get real particular, you might be like, well, even this ends, Pastor JJ. Yeah, but there's another way to draw this that doesn't end. The same, same idea, but drawn a different way. Well, well, yeah. Growth is not linear, growth is Cyclical. Cyclical. Everything in life works like this, by the way. Plants produce oxygen that breathe, people breathe in. People breathe out carbon dioxide. Keeps the plant. Soil produces fruit. The fruit feeds the herbivores. The herbivores feed the carnivores. The carnivores poop the herbivores. <laughs> and what does the poop do? Huh? The, 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 the eggs create the caterpillar. Caterpillar turns into the cocoon. The cocoon turns into the butterfly. The butterfly lays the egg. Hey, Mufasa had it right. Yes. <laughs> That's life. Problems. Can I take problems for a second? You have a problem. Problem requires research. Research develops a plan. The plan becomes a solution or a product. But anybody who's ever solved problems knows in life that the moment you solve the problem, the solution 
creates another problem. Some people keep going through problems in their life and they think that that's a problem. Why do I keep going through problems? I have a problem. No, you have life. Just because you're going through problems doesn't mean you're stuck. You might be growing. Well, how do I know the difference between growing and being stuck? Here's how you know. Is it the same problem? God, I'm preaching. Let's just show this one all the services because it's really good. I don't know if I can do it as good for the next three days. If it's the same problem, you can't spend 20 years circling the same problem. That's not growth. But I'm so proud to say today that I've got problems. And I'm even prouder to say that they're not the ones I had when I was 20. And they're not the ones I had when I was 12. The one I had at 20 was when I was 12. But now that I'm 36, I, I beat the one. And you know what? The problems that I faced are not the problems that my dad faced. He canceled that generational curse. And the problems my kids faced, I can't believe a life where there's no problems for my kids. They're going to have problems. But if I do my job well as a parent, they won't be the problems I had. Because I would have ended that in my generation, not for them. That's life, y'all. And so when you understand that growth is a cycle and that you're in it, the question you have to ask yourself when you're growing is, what's my next step in this cycle? And everyone has one. And this is the question I want you to ask throughout this this series. And and your step is either gonna be one of four things. So today I'm gonna speak about the first step in like two minutes, because it's really simple. And then the next week, I'm going to speak about the second step. And then in our final week, we're going to combine the third and the fourth step. So growth really is, and when it comes to the body of Christ, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to faith, when it comes to spiritual development, I would even say life is a cycle, but when it comes to growth spiritually, there's only four steps. We just do them over and over and over. We're in, we're, in, we're in it over and over and over and over. It's four steps. And so, and the problem is you, you, you think sometimes that because you took it, you don't have to take it again. And so here's the first step. The first step is to know God personally. To know God personally. 154 people took this step last Sunday. We also know this step as salvation, to know God personally. But salvation is much more, when I was growing up in church, they used to tell me, or at least I felt like church was about not going to hell and being a good person. And it's way more than that. Not going to hell is a product. Being a good person is a product. Let me tell you what salvation really is. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So it's not just about heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Next verse. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord. Next verse. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, drive out demons in your name, perform many miracles? So now they're saying, is it about doing good deeds? He's like, no, that's not it. This is what salvation is. Verse 23. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Do you know what real salvation is? Salvation is knowing God personally. Now the word know is actually used in the Old Testament. The word know is used in the Old Testament, but it's used to define the honeymoon night. It's that he went into the room with her after they got married and they knew each other. No is not a synonym for sex. It's a synonym for intimacy. What God is saying, I want to be intimate with you. I want to have a relationship with you. 
Out of that relationship comes good behavior. Out of that relationship comes heaven. But the foundation is none of those things. It's having a relationship with God, which you need and you don't even know you need. You think you came here because you need God to give you money. You think you came here because you need God to fix your relationship status. You think you can, no, trust me, you came here to reset the foundation of knowing who God is in your life and all those things will come after that thing. All of those, which is why you don't just make this decision one time. Listen, last week, 154 people prayed the prayer of salvation and started their relationship with God. You know what breaks my heart? That 20 years ago, many of you prayed that prayer and then stopped your relationship with God. You can't stop knowing Him. I've been married to my wife now 15 years and I'm still trying to get to know her. She's confusing. Because she's so deep. There's so many layers to her, right? There's Liz the mom. Then there's Liz the girlfriend. There's Liz the wife. There's Liz the, the homemaker. Uh, there's, there's Liz the daughter of Christ. There's also God the Father. God the Son. God the Holy Spirit. Jehovah Jireh, provider. God the healer. You will spend, listen, not only will you spend your whole life getting to know him, you'll spend eternity. And then still not figure him out. That's the beauty of it. Don't stop knowing God. So I'm gonna tell you real quick how you do that. Number one, you gotta be real. Be real. You wanna know God? You gotta be real. Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth, somebody say confess. Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You got to confess. My relationship with my wife has always been good, but it was never fully real until the moment that I shared with her that I had had an addiction for over 10 years. It took me a long time to be honest with her and be real with her. But when I was real with her, our love for each other went to the next level because she accepted me just the way that I was. And I can tell you a bunch of couples that have said the same thing. It wasn't until I was real about my suicidal thoughts. It wasn't until I was real about my panic attacks that I was able to feel their love. Because you can never, you can never feel like you can be loved until you feel like you can be real. Once you're real, and we can't be real with a lot of people because we don't know how a lot of people are going to treat us. I'm not about to drink coffee. This, I got a reason for this. Just, I think a lot of times we just walk around to people like, like our cup's full, you know? Oh, I'm just good chilling. Like, my life is great. I'm doing so awesome. This is good. You know, smiling. Look, come on. I'm living it. I'm living it. This is hashtag goals, okay? I got this. I'm good. I'm straight. I'm chilling. But what they don't know that you and I know you don't got to do that with God. Number one, you can't do that with God because this is not what God sees. This is what God sees. You can't front with the Lord. He sees it all. He, so, so confession is saying, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm empty. Lord, and I'm going to be real with you, God, because you can't be like that with him because he sees it. Lord, I got nothing. Lord, I'm hurting. Lord, I wrestle with anxiety. Lord, I struggle with fear. Lord, I'm worried about my finances. Lord, I got nothing. And then Lord, I'm broken. I'm broken, Lord. And, and you know what the wonderful thing about God is? He doesn't look at your brokenness and reject you. He already knew that. And he still died for you on the cross. You could be real with all of your brokenness. The next thing you got to do, listen, after you're real is you got to surrender. You got to surrender. 
And you don't just do this once, old Christians. You gotta do this every day. Yes, Romans 10, 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is, it didn't say Jesus is Savior. Because we all love Him as a Savior, but we run from Him as Lord. Because all, all, all it takes to make Jesus your Savior is to want His mercy. But for Him to be your Lord is to want His control. And I don't think, and that's scary. But, but give Him control. In other words, He wants the pieces. Give Him the pieces. It astounds me how committed people are to broken lives. I mean, it blows my mind that they hold on so tight. Like if your life was working, I get it. Do you? You figured out a better way to do it than God. Do it. Run that play as long as you can. But can we be real? It's not working. So why would you hold on to brokenness? Let him be the Lord. Lord, I'm ready to give you my sexuality because I think I broke it. <laughs> I was sleeping with people and I didn't define marriage the way you define marriage and I'm hurt and now I'm, so now I'm ready to make you my Lord. I'm ready to give it to you and do it your way. God, can you take my finances? Because I think I broke them. I'm ready to give you the first 10% of my income, trust you with my tithe. I'm ready to start getting out of debt, which is what the Bible talks about, invest and save. Lord, can you please take my kids? Because I think... Oh, the parents say amen. Man, I think I broke them. I think I broke them. So you know what? I'm going to do parenthood your way now. I'm going to pray for them daily. I'm gonna read the Bible with them at night. I know I put sports first in their life. The games are happening on Sundays and Fridays, but youth is happening on Fridays. Journey Kids is happening on Sundays. I can't, I can't make that priority anymore. I'm ready to do it your way. Give it to the Lord and he'll make it right. And then the last step, once you surrender, once you're real, once you surrender, is to go public. It's to go public. Romans 10, 9, we're gonna read the same verse. Then if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is only believe in your heart that God raised him for the dead, you will be saved. I love that it said confess with your mouth, not confess in your heart. You know why I said confess with your mouth? Because he says, because I want other people to hear it. I want to make sure you're not ashamed. Don't tell me you're in a relationship with me and you don't talk about me to your friends. Some of us post more, <laughs> I'm not going to be judging. Some of us post more about our relationship with our pets. And we do about our relationship with our Lord and Savior. And it's just not a real relationship if you ain't proud of it. And you're not willing to share it and let people know he changed my life. Last baptism service, we had someone get in the water. His name was Brandon. And he wrote this. Or he took a picture. This is Brandon. I had the privilege of baptizing him. And uh, I love what he wrote. He said this, he said, I've been off Instagram for months now, which I highly recommend, but I re-downloaded Instagram just to share this post. Earlier this year, I was baptized at Journey, and before dipping me into the water, Pastor JJ asked me why I was getting baptized, to which I responded with something along the lines of, I had unknowingly been lost until I stumbled into Journey Church and started a relationship with Jesus, relationship. In reality, he met me right where I was. 
right when he was supposed to, and it had been a long time coming. Life has a funny way of getting us where we're supposed to go. I truthfully never expected I would find or believe in Jesus. But this truth has changed and transformed my life in the most amazing ways. And then he put 1 John 4, 16. Go on. New believer already quoting scripture. For we have come to know and believe the love which God has for us. God is love. And the one who remains in love remains in God. And God remains in him. Well, I don't like to be pushy with my faith. Neither do I. I'm not asking you to be pushy with your faith. I'm asking you to share your story. Just share your story. What did he do in your life? You don't got to force nobody. You don't got to cajole nobody. You're just proud of what he's doing in your life. So brag about him. Brag about him. Every head bow, every eye closed. I want to do two prayers. First, I want to pray for those who need to take that step today to know God personally. Maybe you're a, a Christian who's been doing this for a while, but you realize your intimacy with the Lord has waned and you're ready to jump back into this step. Maybe you're not familiar with church at all, or it's been years since you've been, but you're ready to take this first step to be real and surrender your life to Jesus. If that's you, when I say three, at all of our campuses, even online, I want you to raise your right hand to God as a signal and a sign. I need you, Lord. All over this room, if that's you on three, I want you to raise your right hand high. Jesus, I need you in my life. I'm ready to know you personally. On three. One, two, three. All over this room, raise hands high. I'm not going to ask you to do anything else, just to raise your hand. That's awesome. I see those hands. I see those hands. Love to see it. Families raising their hands together. It's beautiful. You can put your hand down. I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me, those who raised their hands, and even those who didn't, so that we don't leave our brothers and sisters alone in this. If everyone would raise their voice out loud and just say, Father God, I'm ready to know you today. Thank you for sending your son Jesus to die out of love for me. Today I say, I love you back. Forgive me. I begin you. I begin you today. Amen. Come on, give it up for all of those. We hope you've enjoyed this message, and we would love to hear your story and how this ministry is changing your life. Please email us at amen at journeyorl.com. And if you would like to support financially, you can give online at journeyorl.com give. If you're in the area, join us on Sunday for the full experience. Have a blessed week.